if, if any of you have heard that verse before, you ever heard that scripture before? Just raise your hand. All right. That is the most import, important scripture um, pretty much to any, even any modern day Jew. And it would have been just as common in, in the time and the expectation of Christ. That is called uh, the Jewish Shema. In other words, the Shema just simply means the hear. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to jump right into some things this morning. Um, we get to celebrate and conclude our service today with baptism. And so we want to get started and, and share a few things with you. But I, I really want your attention as we begin this Advent season. This Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, was called the here. It was this verse that Rod just read. By the time as soon as a child could speak, they would begin teaching this verse to their kids and try to get through all, all of those verses, all the, all the way from what Rod had, had said. Um, you're, anyone else that's a Jew would recite this verse twice a day. And if you consider what is loaded in it, um, the, one of the first things that they say is the Lord is one. Um, there was a culture then that, were, that was very polytheistic. People worship many gods. And one of the, the first reminders was there is one God, one Lord, one faith over all and through all. And it talks about that we would love God with all of us. Not just on Sundays, not just when we feel like it. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And the line that we'll focus on later today, it says, impress these on your children. And it talked about bind these around your, or wear these around your foreheads and around your wrists. Um, maybe you've ever seen, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Hebrews that, that, or Jews that do uh, phylacteries or tephilim. Phylacteries are kind of these bands that they would be wearing along their arms. You'll see them with these on at the wailing wall. A tephilim is like a box that they put on their forehead, and they have a few scriptures in that box as well. Still, even to this day, this text that Rod just read, they took incredibly literally. And so, I, I want your help this morning as we... Um, prepare and begin our first Sunday here in Advent. So I need you to imagine with me for a few moments. So imagine that you are one of these children that heard this, this verse, even when you were about, um, you know, I don't know about you guys, I talk, started talking when I was four months old. So whenever it was you began talking, um, they began to teach you these scriptures so you've been saying this verse all, every day of your life, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. And you're hearing your parents tell you stories of things that had just transpired in your country. That just a few years ago, there was a guy named Antiochus Epiphanes who took over um, the altar in the temple and instead of sacrificing to the Lord our God, he began sacrificing pig, which was, which was an animal that was basically detestable for, for any Jews, any Hebrews. And he set himself as the new God, and literally they would come into neighborhoods, the, the Syrian Greeks at that time would come into others' neighborhoods, and they would make you bow down and worship these idols, and they would actually make you eat pig, which I love pork, but to them was something that was very detestable. So your parents are telling you stories and how 
one day that we had regained, under the, the Maccabees, the Jews regained control of the temple. But for that to happen, and then they began purifying it. They began purifying the temple with incense. But they only had enough oil to burn this incense, which was known as something purifying, that would last one day. And it said it kept going for seven more days, which is why, how even Jews celebrate Hanukkah today. But they tell these stories, but yet they're still sitting in Roman captivity. Now the Greeks are gone, but now Rome's in charge. And still here we are, Jewish people in Jerusalem, but yet we still have captors and we still have people around us. And things, there's just this feeling that things are not right. A longing, a wishing that things were better and waiting for one day. And you hear your parents say something like, but someone is coming who is going to make everything right. Someone is coming who's going to give us what we've always been created to have, what we've always been called to do. And, and then they would read these words, or most of the cases, they would just share these words, because not everybody had what we have right here, text that we can take home or we can look up on our internet. Many of, of, much of Scripture was shared and, and passed on from generation to generation through stories. And so I want you to imagine, just for a moment now, you've heard about this someone who is to come. You're sitting around, you're hearing stories of your country's past, say you're something like a 12-year-old child, and you're hearing these stories, and your, your parents begin to tell you the scripture that they have memorized because of its messianic nature that tells us about this one who is to come. So I'm going to read a few different passages to you, but you don't get them on the screen. You don't get them in front of your face. I'm not even telling you where to go in Scripture. Because this is what the first uh, Jewish children, this expectation even of Christmas, this is what they would have heard. So I want to encourage you just to hang on to every word. Think of what all of this means and what this someone who is to come would be like. And so I'm going to read a few passages to you. It says, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from the time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. A shoot will come up for the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash 
around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And the little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den. The young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Let's pray this morning. Lord, sometimes we have to be taken back to be reminded of what it is that we have today. What it is that we have that generations of generations have long awaited. We now sit here at the conclusion of 2018 and the first Sunday of December, and we possess the Spirit of God because of a risen Lord. Today, may we open up our hearts, open up our eyes, open up our minds to receive the power and the presence of God that is available to us in such a time as this. And Lord, may we respond to your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you pulled some things out of that text, there are many things that they were expecting, this someone who is coming that is going to make everything right. Uh, Some of those many things were that he was going to put an end um, to sin and death. He was going to gather all the exiles of, of Israel back together. He was going to bring universal peace. As you read about those crazy things in that scripture, a child will reach his hand into a cobra's den and will not be harmed. There will be no fear of of infliction or pain. Um, He will be the king. He will rule over all the earth, and there will be this fullness of knowledge, and everyone will know who God is and know who they are because they will, who he is, because they will be able to see him with his own eyes. Whether you realize it or not, you you should know some of these things because we sing about them. We sing about them this time of year. And and sometimes we've got to be careful that these aren't just words in a hymnal or words on a screen. Here's what you sing. And maybe whether you've sung these songs yet or not, or you've you've shut the door on the carolers that have come to your house. But here's some of the songs that, that, that we sing. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. And this one, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in the dark street shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. This was the expectation of someone who was to come. And church, this morning, I have to ask you, how do you think this expectation was created? It was created really by the verse that I shared with you in the beginning that I said is the most foundational verse even to any Jew today. Hear, O Israel, 
the Lord our God. The Lord is one. First thing you say when you wake up in the morning, love the Lord God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. And then here's the next thing it says. Impress them on your children. Pass on these words to your family. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you rise and when you go down to sleep as well. It began with, they, they knew how to create an expectation of what it meant to be uh, a Jewish child and this someone who was coming. Now, thousands of thousands of years of family long for what we have today. Not only is the Messiah come, but when we gather with our families this year, I want to encourage you to be reminded that we are part of God's family. I put in that text, uh, I put in the text in your newsletter, uh, uh, Joel, if you can put that text up there. It says this in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. I remember when I was a kid, uh, I had um, a cousin um, who used to play quarterback for the Miami Redhawks. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world, you know. Like, Sam Ricketts is my cousin. He's the quarterback for Miami. And then, then somebody named Bath came and broke all of his records. And I don't know if you have heard of this other guy. Somebody named Roethlisberger came and broke all of his records. But I thought that was so cool. My cousin plays quarterback for Miami. And, and I made sure, whether he was my second, third, and cousin, what he is, I just, made, just used the word cousin, right? When I was in Bible college, my little brother was a bit of a rock star. and He had albums and, and things that were out in the stores. And... And it took some of my friends to his shows. Your brother's the lead singer of Dead Poetic? That is so cool. Can we go to a show sometime? And I remember dropping my brother's name and being excited that this was someone that was part of my family. You've probably heard in the news how um, the Bush family now, you're seeing them gather together and tell stories and how they were so privileged to be a part of not just one, but two members of their family were president of the United States. And and they're remembering just and talking about how sweet those moments were together. I just found out uh, with my grandma's funeral almost a month ago that I guess we had a professional basketball player in our family named uh, Joe Folks a long, long time ago. Uh, had a bunch of records or whatever, so um, you guys probably already knew that. Yeah, right. But I hope that if you're getting what I'm getting, if you're going where I'm going here, at Christmas time, I don't know if you, if you, how many of you have seen the movie Elf before? It's, it's kind of a newer movie. Uh, I assume almost everybody's seen it. It's my wife's favorite movie. But there's this scene when Buddy is in a, you know, back in America in a department store, and he's told that Santa's coming tomorrow. And anybody know what happens to Buddy in that moment? 
he loses his stinking mind. Are you kidding me, Sarah? And then what does he say next? What does he say next? Huh? I know him. Church all across the country, all across the world, people are doing what they do to celebrate Christmas. We're putting lights up and we're decorating Christmas trees. We're starting to buy gifts and insanely and spending an insanely amount of money. It's not really a word, but oh well, it works for me insanely. This text tells us that you're part of the household of God. (laughs) He sits at your table. He resides in you. This is the time of year when everybody likes to say the name Jesus. But as a man or a woman of God in this world today, you get to say, (laughs) I know him. That's how real he is to me. Let me tell you what else I know about Jesus. See, it's a time for a family celebration. That's why we've called this next series, we're going to spend some time on this this year, a big family Christmas. You're reminded that you have been invited to a table with the presence of God that you don't deserve. There's a really cool story in 2 Samuel chapter 9. It's kind of like the happily ever after story when King David finally comes to be king in Israel and they brought the ark back into town and he's just finally setting up his throne. This is before, you know, all the work of the king really has to begin. And, and after, and, and King Saul had died in battle. And so as all these things are getting ready to transpire, King David asked the question, is there anyone in the family of Saul that I can honor? And and one of, the, of his attendants tells him, yes, there is a man named Mephibosheth. He's lame in his legs. He, he can't walk very well. And then they say he's in this place called Lodibar, which is, Lodibar is a pretty good description. It was a, it was a place that was impoverished, the place that if someone was lame, didn't have any place to provide for themselves, they would kind of go to a place like Lodibar where they were expected to have beggars, and they were expected that everybody would just kind of help each other out the best that they could. And so that's where Mephibosheth, don't ever forget that name, Mephibosheth, not bless you like a sneeze, Mephibosheth, that was actually his name. And he said, bring Mephibosheth here into my kingdom. And he tells Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth, from here on, in honor of King Saul and a Jonathan, you will now sit at the king's table. And all of this land that was your, that was your father's or that your relatives, I'm now going to give it all to you. You are now part of my household. Mephibosheth got something that he didn't deserve. Just as all of us sit here today as we begin to celebrate Christmas, we must be reminded that we are part of the household of God. And we have been given a seat at the king's table. Now you know this morning that you are loved of God. Christmas is time when Christians must be reminded to pinch ourselves when we think about who our family is. That we are the ones who get to experience the power of the Holy Spirit through the first coming of the Messiah. We are part of the household of God. So in previous weeks, as I continue to talk about the big family Christmas, each Sunday I'm going to remind, is going to remind us that we're part of a big family. 
We all can't really gather together, all the saints, like Paul, he's part of my family. Peter, he's part of my family. We've been adopted in. So we can't all gather together in heaven like we're going to someday. So right now, we get to experience with our big family that's here local, right here at West Alexandria Church of the Brethren. And so in upcoming weeks, we're also going to talk a little bit about what it means to be a big family in 2019 and some things that we're going to begin as a big local family together, some things to move forward. And so since, as I conclude, and since that's what we're going to be doing, I want to remind you again, when we hear each Christmas and sing the songs that we sing, and are reminded that there was this messianic expectation, Jesus was the one that came that everybody was waiting for. How did that expectation get created? I I told you already in the beginning of the sermon. Anybody remember? How did that expectation get created? It began in homes. Places like this, like when I read that story, they would tell the stories of Scripture. They They would talk about Abraham. They would talk about Isaac. They would talk about Jacob. They would talk about Moses delivering from, uh, from Egypt, and they would go on down the line, and King David, and maybe Mephibosheth, and then they would say, someone is coming, and they would read those passages in Isaiah 9 and Isaiah 11, and this, who, what this, this is what this someone is going to be like. And now today, we sit on the other side of this expectation, and the Messiah has come. And today, I wonder, you know, we've got a lot of expectation at Christmas. I mean, we have our own little expectations. Like, we wonder whether Ohio State's going to make the playoffs or not. And the answer is no, they're not. Uh, we wonder, you know, uh, if we're going to, if it, we wonder sometimes if what we're, maybe what we're going to get for Christmas. We wonder if we're going to have enough money to spend for Christmas. We wonder if so-and-so in our family is going to be able to make it this year. And we have all of these things that, that are an expectation. But I want to encourage you. I want us to be a people, a church, part of the family of God that learns how to bring the word of God back into our homes. There's a couple ways I want to help you with that. When we begin the new year, we're going to have a reading plan again, and we'll begin going through the Gospels. We'll begin going through the Gospel of Luke uh, as we begin in January. And I'll have some things that you could read, whether you read this with your spouse whether you read this with your family. I just encourage you, sometimes we feel like, well, if if I read, I have to be able to explain all these things. I got to know a little bit about it. No, you don't. You can just read the word and let the questions come to you and and begin to share these things with your family. But there's also something else that we have a really neat um, opportunity to have some fun together with this. Starting in January on Wednesdays, we're going to begin a program for our kids. Um, We have a lot, if you notice, we just sent a lot of them out. We have a lot of little ones downstairs now. We're hoping that we have a lot of little ones that will begin to join us on Wednesday night. And I'll be talking to you more about our plans for a Wednesday night family night. That'll be for another sermon in the upcoming weeks. But one of the things we had to come up with was what would be a simple curriculum for Wednesday nights that we could do. And we've got something that is really neat and really fun that you can be a part of if you would like. And our program is called Junior Bible Quiz. A couple, Sunday, a couple Wednesday nights a month, our kids will be coming to learn again biblical facts. They will get a chance, uh, we will get a chance to create biblical literacy in our kids and hopefully with you as well. Because what I have is I have a, a spreadsheet that will give you an opportunity, if you would like, to purchase some of these resources. 
We're going to take an order now. You don't have to pay for them today. But this is a study guide. It has about 250, or excuse me, 511 Bible questions. And some of these things are tough. Some of these things are easy. So just to have some fun, let's see who knows one here. Um, First person to raise your hand. In what language was most of the New Testament written? Congratulations, but she knows that because I told her the other day. Now, this is a study guide. It's got all of the different questions in it. <laughs> I got scripture. I got my Bible reading. See, I got my Bible reading coming through on Ephesians 2, 2 through 3. We were, because we were reading the word in our home the other night. <laughs> this is a cool, embarrassing thing to happen, and I don't know how to turn. Here, turn my phone off. <laughs> Um, so, what our kids will be doing will be, uh, they'll be learning these things as they come on Wednesday nights. Now, as they get, as they get good at this, there is a way they can go and compete and, and compete with other churches across the state of Ohio with their, their Bible quiz facts. Now, that we, the kids are learning a lot of different things now. They're doing worship. They're learning deep, deep lessons. We have some curriculum that goes with this. But the key thing we're really just trying to do is create biblical literacy again. So this is the study guide. This is about $12. If you would want to get a copy of this and begin to quiz each other and do some things in your home, this is a box of cards that has the same information on cards. This is what the kids will be learning when they come on Wednesday night. Now, these are, this is 20 bucks. if I didn't already tell you that. The box of cards is, and I'll have a spreadsheet there if you would like to order these materials that you can. Now, the reason this will be kind of fun is because I have a plan that in February we will come together and maybe have some kind of a competition together. All right, whether it's adults versus kids or, or whatever, we'll have some sort of fun family night coming up on a, on a Wednesday in February. We'll have a little Bible literacy um, challenge. Now, I just want you to know and understand that this kind of stuff, I, whether you want to call it sad, I think it's sad. It isn't really happening in churches anymore. We're, we're Christ followers that come to church on Sundays, but many of us don't even know that much about Scripture itself. And the expectation that I just told you about was, was rich, that those that were waiting for the Messiah knew everything about Jesus before he came here. Now, there were some reasons why they were confused, because they didn't understand the first and second comings, but they knew everything about this Christ that we now have and that we now worship. We do have a responsibility as Christ followers today to be people of the word, We do have a responsibility to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ back into our home and our people that wrestle with Scripture today. So I'm going to be talking to you a little bit more about um, this program that's coming up. But if you would like, I had a few people already that said they wanted to get copies of these, especially if their kids are going to be in the programs. And just some fun stuff that you can do with your family, um, whatever you would have time, whenever you want to bring the Word of God back into your home. Finally, last thing I want to share with you. So one of the things that every Jewish family would do whenever they would get together about the time of the Seder dinner, about the time of Passover, one of the last things that they would do at this meal, anybody ever gone to a Seder dinner before, just curious? Anybody ever been to one before? Okay. One of the last things that they would do would be able to go to like a door like our front door or another door in the room, and they would leave that door open. I would say we're leaving the door open for Elijah the prophet. 
Elijah was meant to be the one that was supposed to usher in the Messiah. What that meant was, was that this year, this could be the year. This could be the year that everything changes for us. This could be the year that Messiah finally comes. But also with that, there was also a reminder that we don't know that this year couldn't be our last year. We don't know what's going to happen next in our life. We have a reason to embrace the life that we have been given today and to empower each other and encourage each other along on the expectation of of what God can do in our life. Church, we have that same responsibility today to create an expectation of a life with Christ and what it means to live in such a time as this and be the people of God and be a big family of believers that shows the world who Jesus is. So let's begin together as we, we, we journey into this Christmas season and we begin a new year in 2019. The first thing, let's begin to bring the word of God back into our homes and be people of the word again. Will you join me as we close with a word of prayer? <coughs> well, Lord, I thank you for these moments that we've had together. And now, as just as there was an expectation years ago for the one that is to come thousands and thousands of years, we now are people that have the power of the living God within us. And Lord, may we be reminded this morning to embrace the lives that we have been given with so much expectation and anxiety that maybe this, this season can bring along with, along with the joy, along with the, the excitement. Lord, may we create an expectation for you. May we be people that say, I know him. This Jesus that you sing of, this Jesus that you put decorations of on your tree in that nativity scene. I have a personal relationship with the living God. And let me remind you, let me show you, let me tell you who he is. Lord, help us to be your church this season. To not just go through the motions as everyone else does, but to empower each other with a life and with the love of God in such a time as this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.